Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Well, I am so excited about this new series that we're in, Influences, which is all about us reaching people. And to be honest, out of any series that we could do, this is probably one of the ones that is closest to my heart. And I feel like God is urging us in a new way as a church that this is our moment to influence. This is our time to reach people because gosh, you look all around the world that we live in at the moment and our world needs Jesus. Our world needs to know the love of our God and the message of the Gospel, the good news. And so this whole series that we're in is about how all of us are commissioned to reach others for Jesus. You know, Scriptures like Matthew 28 verse 18, it's the classic, the Great Commission. Jesus speaking to His disciples before He's taken back to heaven, He said, God authorised and commanded me to commission you. You know, that command is still the same today, that He authorises and commissions us to go out and train everyone you meet near and far. Everyone you meet. That's a challenge. Everyone we have contact with and introduce them to this way of life. You know, there is a way of life that we have that others aren't used to. And we have the incredible responsibility to introduce others, introduce others to the way of life that we know, marking them by baptism in the threefold name, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I've commanded you. I'll be with you as you do this, day after day, right up to the end of the age. And that's the last words of Jesus. What a promise. And I will be with you when you do this. It's not just something that we need to fulfill in our own strength, but He is with us. And then we go to verses like 1 Corinthians 13 verse 1. And the Apostle Paul is speaking to the church in Corinthians. And he says to them, follow me as I follow Christ. You know what? That phrase is something for each and every one of us. That as we follow Jesus, we're meant to call others to follow us. You know, leadership is on every single one of us here in this room today. Even if you feel like you're a leader or you don't feel like you're a leader or those of us that are online, if you feel like you have influence and leadership or you feel like the furthest thing from being a leader, you are called to leadership because of who you're following. You have the hope of the world. Then scriptures like in 2 Corinthians 5, I'm just setting a base here for this message. But 2 Corinthians 5, verse 90 to 21, for God was in Christ reconciling the Word to Himself. So God the Father was in Christ, reconciling the Word to, world to Himself. And then it says, no longer counting people's sins against them. And then He gives us that same wonderful message of reconciliation. So the same message that Jesus had to bring to the earth is now given to us. What a responsibility, what a privilege, that message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making His appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Wow, how amazing are those Scriptures that we have this incredible responsibility to reconcile others to Jesus. 
that one day when we reach eternity and we're before Jesus, what is gonna matter is who we have reconciled to Christ. Gosh, how much of it is a priority to us? How much does it really dictate our agenda, how we live our day to day? Because see, I find the biggest challenge in the world that we live in today, we're so busy. We're so distracted. It's so different to the days of Jesus where, you know, they would walk with Jesus and go about their day. There was such community. Today, it's so different. We're so busy. And we can get caught in the culture of our day of busyness and actually miss the whole point of why we're here. We're here to reconcile others to Jesus. Our busyness cannot be an excuse because the main thing in everything we do, your business, it's there to reach people. Your workplace, you're there to reach people. Your school environment, your university environment, you are there to reach people. We are not here on this earth to be busy. We are not here just to be going about our day-to-day filling our world with stuff. No, we're called to reach people. You know, during the fast that I was in, I was, we were, we've all been in over the past 21 days. I was praying to God and just saying, well, God, what is the message that you've got for our church? Because, you know, when I'm with God, I want to be a pastor that is bringing God's heart to His church. I never want to be a leader that just does what I feel like society or culture wants or you want even. God, what are you saying? What are you saying for your church? And I, I really felt Him draw me to Ephesians 3 verse 14 to 21. And before we get into the scripture today, we just got to understand a little bit of the background that was happening with the, the church in Ephesus. And the city of Ephesus was actually a, ma- a major trading city in Asia. And it had dedicated itself to the worship of the Roman goddess Diana. And it, it, this, this goddess Diana and her temple, it was everywhere. Coins had picture of the goddess on it. The main bank was at the temple. The temple was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. It was this beautiful uh, temple. Every part of the city was dedicated to this goddess Diana. And then the apostle Paul shows up. And he has been radically transformed by Jesus. And he turns up and there's a few disciples in the city already, but these 12 men, he takes them aside and they haven't been baptised in the Holy Spirit yet. So he sees them baptised in the Holy Spirit. They have powerful God encounters. And then it says every day they teach at a lecture hall and over two years they see a radical revival take place. The Word of God says every Jew and Greek across two years in the city of, um, in the province of Asia heard about the message of Jesus because of what they were doing. There were radical miracles that took place, so much so that Paul's handkerchief or aprons that he prayed over would be sent to people and they'd be cured of, of sickness and delivered from their, uh, their infirmities just because of a handkerchief. God did radical things. There was one point where the whole city was turning to Jesus and, and it was a uh, Formerly, there was a lot of witchcraft and sorcery going on. And so all of them brought their incarnations and their magic to the city square and burned it all. Millions and millions of dollars burned because the city was radically coming back to Jesus. It's just this amazing story. And so Paul, years later, he's there for two years. They see this amazing move of God take place. And then Paul is in prison and he's writing this letter to the church in Ephesus to encourage them about what God is doing. And Ephesians, if you haven't read it, it's one of the most encouraging books of the Bible. It's so poetic, so full of the power of God. And and the Apostle Paul says this to the church. For this reason, 
I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. What a powerful scripture. But the words that jumped out at me was those words that say that we would be rooted and established in His love. And I felt God say, I'm calling my church to be rooted and established in my love. Because you know what? There is a revival coming our way. There is a new influence God is wanting to take us into. With everything God is preparing us for, I feel it in my spirit. I'm so excited about what God is doing, what He did through Empower Weekend, what He's continuing to do week in, week out. I'm so pumped. But it's going to happen because we are rooted and we are established in God's love. You know, the NLV, uh, NLT version says, May you experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. So as we're established in His love, then His power and His influence flows through our lives. It's powerful that Scripture goes on that we would know immeasurably more than we could ever possibly ask, think or imagine because of His power working through us. I don't know about you, but I need more of His power. To reach people, I need His power. And it happens because we're established in His love. To help bring this to light today, I'm just gonna do a little bit of an example on stage. Craig, if you could come up with me, that'd be awesome. Just to give us a little picture of sometimes how we can try and influence people and reach people. Because sometimes, let's be honest, in reaching people, we can feel like it's a little bit of a tug of war battle. Like we're trying to influence them, trying to, can't even do the rope, trying to get them over to our point of view, like trying to influence them and our strength and, and our might. And so it's kind of a little bit like this. We kind of feel like, you know, I'm trying all the good intentions in the world. But you know, the person that we're trying to reach, like they've, they've got a lot of culture pulling them the other way as well. And, and you know, what we can end up doing when we're doing it in our power and our strength, we just end up getting pulled in their direction. Like we can't do it in our own strength. We can't do it in our own power. We cannot do it. And sometimes we see evangelism in that kind of light, like I'm trying to influence you and pull you over to my sphere with my good deeds and, and my good will and my good intention. We're never gonna do it. But when we're established in God's love, if God's love could come up. See, when I establish myself in God's love, <laughs> I have a far higher power working for me. I'm no longer that skinny white girl trying to take it on myself. No, I have God's power, His love with me. I'm established in His love. So I have all of heaven working through me. So no longer is <laughs> 
And I have him. No longer. Is it the battle that is that I think it is? Because I have God's love with me. Establish in God's love so his power works through me. That's why the apostle Paul said to Timothy, You haven't got a spirit of fear, you've got one of power and love. Power and love working together. There's a partnership that happens. Come on, how much are we established in His love? Come on, it says in John 14 that you can do nothing without me. Remain in me and you will bear fruit, but without me, you can do nothing. We're called to bear fruit, but without Jesus, without being established in His love, centered in His love, we can do nothing. Like 1 Corinthians 13 says, without love, we are nothing. I can prophesy, I can move mountains, I can do all these things, but without love, I have nothing. Our influence comes in being rooted and established. I'm gonna keep using the word established more than rooted, but established in God's love. There is power and influence that moves through us. So what I wanna do today is just look at how we get established in His love. How we're established in His love. May need to go to the gym a little bit more. How am I falling? I don't go at all. So maybe I need to start going to the gym. Loving from the overflow. Established in love is loving from the overflow. Ephesians 3 verse 18 to 19. That passage you get to grasp how wide, how long, how deep is the love of Christ. To know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And how wonderful is that love? That I, even when I try and understand it, like God, you love me that much, that you would send your son, your one and only son to die for me. And I try and get my head around that. And even if I try and get my head around that, his love is even greater than that that we could spend our whole lives trying to figure out His love, but we're never in our humanity gonna grasp it. His love, it's just extreme. It is crazy. It is reckless. It is all-consuming. It is all-overwhelming. But the challenge is how much are we living in the fullness of that love? Come on, how much are we living in the overflow of that love? See, I have my water here today. And often when it comes to our relationship with God, we can just know a measure of His love. We just know a portion of His love. And what happens is that we live our lives, you know, pretty comfortable, pretty okay, knowing, you know, we're loved, but not overflowing in it, where God has called us to be in the overflow. And when I go back to God's love again and He fills me to overflowing, I'm in His presence, I'm in His Word, I'm in worship. And again, I just have a revelation of His love and He fills me. What happens when I'm hanging out with others? It's just His love. Just His love just pours out from my world onto others all around me. It goes from me onto others because I'm in the overflow. I'm in the overflow of His love. But so often, we just live like this and we go around trying to influence the world around us with our good intentions and our good deeds and our good ways, but it never makes an impact because we're called to reach them with His love. We're called to be in the overflow. So I go back into His presence again. I'm filled with His love again. And I go out in the world again and I'm filled to the overflow and I reach people in my workplace. And 
They, they see God's love and His peace all over me. And all I'm doing is still going about my day-to-day stuff. And God's love is just in the overflow. Come on, how much are we in the overflow? Are we just maintaining God's love? Come on, we're called to live in the overflow. Tech guys are probably freaking out right now about all this water on stage. We're called to live in the overflow. We're called to be people of passion, passion and devotion. Come on, do people around you know how much you love Jesus? Do they see your devotion for your God? Come on, we're called to live passionately in love with Him and that just flows from us. And if you're feeling like, oh, I don't do that, well, maybe we just need to be in His love a little bit more and just be immersed in His love. And just because, man, when I'm in that love, I can't help but tell others about Him. I can't help but reach others because that passion, it just overflows. I don't know about you, but if have you ever, you know, been with somebody that's really passionate about something and you just can't help but catch it? Craig's grandma loves her quilting, loves it. She loved, every time we had a child, she'd make this beautiful quilt for us. But the issue is that it wouldn't quite fit with the color scheme that I'd already done for their room. So this kind of part we're gonna take, have to take out of the recording, but I would hide that beautiful quilt in the cupboard just there for whenever she came around. Because she was so passionate about it. When she came around, I knew I had to have that quilt out. I remember phoning Craig one day when there's an unexpected visit, just being like, Craig, get the quilt out. Grandma is coming. Lay it out. Her passion influenced me, changed me. The next time I did Hope's Room, I made sure it worked with the quilt. Part of someone's quilting. If we can catch the passion for someone's quilting, how much more should people catch our passion for Jesus? For what matters for eternity? For where they're going to go in eternity, a heaven or a hell issue? How much more should people catch our devotion to Jesus? Are we living in that overflow? Man, we have the good news. We do not have the cheap news, we don't have fake news. We don't have bad news. Man, I don't know about you, but all around us there is bad news at the moment, but we have the good news. We're called to live and show others that good news. Come on, sometimes we live like we've got bad news, like we don't want to share it. There are people that need to be changed because of the good news that we have. We are called to influence others around us, not them influence us. And I love it. Pastor Kane, our youth pastor, texts me on Friday night saying, oh, we had an awesome guy come to youth, came for the first time with one of his cousins, swearing all through the tribal wars, dropping the F-bomb. By the end of the night, he was saved. So they come in one way and they're changed. That's how we're called to live, influencing the world around us. Come on, how much are we living in that overflow of devotion to Jesus? And I get I get what it's like. I know what it's like at times to be gripped by fear of what do I say or how do I say that? But you know what? The answer to fear is God's love. Perfect love casts out all fear. So if we're fearful about talking to others about Jesus, maybe we need a revelation of just how much God loves them. Because when, when love takes over, you can't help but be driven by that love. Still remember one of my favorite childhood memories. 
was watching my brother play hockey one day. He was 14, that age where you just want to impress your mates. You're too cool for school. You've got this. And I was watching him play hockey, and mum was there on the sideline too. And there was a moment where when the hockey ball like went speeding into his forehead and split open his forehead. Blood was everywhere. And I watched as my mum, who was the sweetest person in the, in the world, wouldn't get up on stage in any way or form, wouldn't call any attention to herself. But I saw my mum run onto that hockey field as fast as she possibly could, yelling at the top of her voice, Brad, it's okay. Mummy's here. <laughs> See, love took over. Love took over all timidity, all fear. Come on, as Christians, we need to be driven by God's love, not fear, overwhelmed with love for people so that we don't care what they think because we are driven by a deep, deep love that we have for them. The second thing in being established in love is we've got a love from alignment, loving from alignment. And you know what? This is where love starts to get a little bit more challenging, a little bit more out of what we want and our control. Because being established in God's love is actually being aligned to what God wants. John 14, Jesus says four times to his disciples, if you love me, you will obey me. There is an alignment that needs to come when we, are, when we love our God. And the truth is, obedience is a dirty word today. To obey, it's a dirty word. But the reality is that we all make a choice in who we're going to obey. It's just simply a matter of who we choose. See, we either choose our will, I'm going to be obedient to what I want, or we choose to be obedient to the will of others because we care about other people's approval, care what they think and what they want us to do, or we live obedient to the will of God. And the amazing thing is when we live obedient to God's will, there's an alignment that takes place with His presence and His love flowing through our lives in an awesome and a great way. See, I know about you, but when I grew up, I didn't give my parents too much trouble. I was a pretty good kid, but I wasn't a good kid because I was a good kid. Like the Bible says that we're all born into sin. There's evil inside every single one of us. I'm not good in my own humanity, but I just loved my dad so much. I adored him. He was my hero. I loved him so much that I wanted to do his will. More than my will, more than the will of my friends around me who wanted to drag me into other things. I love my dad that much that I wanted to do his will. It's the same with our heavenly Father, Jesus. I love you so much that I'm willing to put aside my will, the approval of people's, other people's will aside and follow you, be aligned with your will for my life. And coming back to the illustration that we're about before, when I'm aligned to God's love, His power and His influence, it's flowing through me. When I'm aligned to that love, I'm directly connected to His love and His power because I'm in His will. That's why when we live in obedience to Him, there is so much joy that comes with it. People often ask me, why did you guys move from New Zealand, make that massive call? Because I wanted to be obedient. 
end of the day, that's what it comes down to. I wanna be in the will of my Father and the will of God for my life because there is incredible purpose. There's nothing like it. There's no fulfillment that comes. There's no other fulfillment that comes like being obedient to your Father. Now, when I'm sitting with somebody from school, a friend from school, that I've intentionally built that relationship to tell them about Jesus and I'm sitting there in the cafe and we're chatting about him, we're chatting about how awesome church is. I feel there's no other environment that I feel the pleasure of the Father as much as in those moments. When I'm praying for somebody at church and you see them just step into God's love and freedom, there's no greater feeling on the altar call, praying for someone, see God move in their lives. There's no feeling that compares to it because you're living in His will. You're directly in obedience to Him. We can search fulfillment so many other places. We're never gonna reach it in our will or other people's will though. We find it in obedience. And when we do, we access this whole other range of God's love. See, even Jesus lived like that. John 15 verse nine to 10 says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. Remain in my love. We can have God's love, but get out of it. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. That's challenging. If you keep my commands, remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. Come on, even Jesus had to do it. Remain in His Father's commandments and out of that, God's love flows through His life. And how about you? But man, the Great Commission, it's not a have to, it's a want to. It's a want to when I know God's love and power moving through my life, when I'm living in obedience to Him because it just so naturally flows. This quote by C.S. Lewis, it says, you do not fall into obedience through lack of love. This is so challenging. But you've lost love because you never attempted obedience. You'll be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought God just loved us all the time. He loves us no matter what we've done, as we are, and yes, He does. But there are measures and depths to God's love. There is a new depth of love that we experience when we're obedient to Him, when we step into what He is asking of us. Now, listening, the power of listening to the Holy Spirit, where do we start with the Great Commission? No, there's people here today and you'd be like, well, to be honest, a biggie for me would just be inviting somebody to church. That's flipping awesome. Start there. We've got our Easter presentation. We're gonna do Narnia again. It's gonna be amazing. Just start with inviting them to church. Drop into the conversation where something is brought up that they're going, it's hard for them to say, hey, I'll pray for you. Just start somewhere. Listen to the Holy Spirit when we pray. I want us to do this in our groups more, praying about who we're reaching. But when we stand and we like, God, I wanna be used for you, I guarantee you God will give you the opportunity. Just so often though, we're about our agenda and not God's. I remember so clearly a moment I had when Zion had just started school and I remember standing in the, the school field, mums all around me and I just said to God, man, God, how do I reach these mums? You just see the brokenness all around you. God, how do I reach them? And I remember the Holy Spirit speaking to me and saying, linger. Linger. 
So I'm like, well, God, I've got to be there and I've got this to do and that to do. He's like, linger. And so I just made it intentional with my time that I would carve out time after school, pick up and just linger. You know, through lingering across a couple of years, 15 families have come to our Easter productions. I've been able to invite them just because of the power of lingering. One, are we listening to the Holy Spirit? Who are you leading me to today? Who is it that I need to talk to about you? Who are you asking me to reach? Who are you asking just to establish a relationship with so I can build connection with them so they don't just think I'm a weird Christian? Come on, it can just start there. But are we being intentional? Or are we just thinking, you know what, well, I'll get by and one day, you know, one day I'll get around to it. It's, it's not what God asks us. That's, that's disobedience. Obedience is, I've given you the great commission, guys, to reach people. So Jesus, I'm gonna obey. I'm gonna reach people for you. Come on, I don't know about you, but I wanna live in obedience. The third thing is loving from authority. Loving from authority. In 2 Corinthians 5 verse 20, we said it before, but we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. You know that you are positioned with an authority to reach people. There is an authority on you that has been commissioned by heaven to reach people. And how about you, but we're gonna stir our authority up. Like I love it when Pastor David was here. He's like, guys, speak in tongues, stir up the gifts that are within us. Let's not get complacent. Let's stir up that gift. Let's stir up that commission to reach people. Man, one of the most powerful stories that came from Empower Weekend, it was incredible. We have an amazing man of God here. His name's Stephen. He's just awesome. And he's very recently come to church and he was at Empower Weekend and baptized in the Holy Spirit. He was speaking in tongues on the altar call. And straight after that, he prayed for Judy, amazing Brian and Judy. She was hobbling on a cane and she was completely healed from that moment. And, and you know, he got saved because somebody at work prayed for him. He had an injury from playing soccer, two ligaments in his foot uh, playing up, and he was told that he had to have eight weeks rest, but he could only take two and a half weeks for sick leave, so he was sent back to work, and he was just hobbling around work trying to do his shift. And a Christian guy saw him and said, hey, mate, what's, what's going on? He said, can I pray for you right here? Can I lay hands on you? He laid hands for him in his work environment and he was immediately healed. He then did a 12-hour shift where he was struggling before to do a four-hour shift. The next day, he went for a run. Like, how awesome is that? And then he comes to church. He gets saved. So he wasn't saved at his work. He comes to church, gets saved. He's filled with the Holy Spirit, then healing other people. I'm like, that is stirring up our authority. We have an authority to reach people. We have an authority to see heaven come to earth. Come on, are we working in that authority? You are commissioned. You have the authority from heaven. We're established in God's love. There's an authority from heaven. But you know what? To stir up that authority, there's got to be a fresh urgency on our behalf. If I can have the team join me, please. A fresh urgency. After last lockdown, so this time last year, I went back to New Zealand with the kids and we were on the plane. It was hectic with all three of the kids and 
Craig had given one of the kids this incredible gift. It was a hat worn by Kelly Slater, an amazing surfer. It was this incredibly special gift. And so Craig, the night before, had given it to one of the kids. And so we had taken it on the plane with us to New Zealand. But while we're on the plane and the madness of getting off, we left the hat on the plane. And we didn't realize till we were past the, you know, the departure part where you do all your, your passport and everything. We didn't realize till we were past that part. And then we were like, oh my gosh, like we've left the hat. We've got to get the hat. So we went to see the guy that had just done our passports. We're like, mate, we left a hat. And he's like, well, I have to talk to my supervisor if you just wait over there. He takes about half an hour, then casually walks over to a supervisor. She's like radioing someone casually. I'm like almost tearing the place down. I've got my family on the other side. I haven't seen them in over a year. I just wanna get to them. But there is no urgency whatsoever. Then she radios the aircraft crew. She comes back to me like 15 minutes later. Bro, I'm sorry, you know, it's not there. Then I have to go to the baggage service. They send me down to the baggage service, fill out a form. He's like, well, if it turns up, we'll let you know. Got no phone call. I was so frustrated in that moment. But as I was there in my frustration, I felt God drop this thought into my spirit. You know what? That's exactly how I feel when something that is so precious to me, my kids, there's just this lack of urgency in God's church. Passed to the community department. It's their responsibility to reach the world. Passed to those that have a passion for evangelism. You know, it's there. They'll find it. They'll, they'll get it. And God is urgently waiting. Would somebody take responsibility? Would somebody reach my kids? with the good news that I have, with the wonder of how much I love them. It's all of our responsibility. It's all of our commission to reach the world. We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for church online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.